Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia, the working man. Gabby <laughs> was grinding away, what, at least 12-hour days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, he was at UM for the early, or sorry, elite prospect days, uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, you know, chasing down scoop and all that good stuff there. And on Sunday, he was out at the Battle Miami tournament to watch some of the top guys compete. I was there on Saturday and Sunday with Gabby as well. Um, so we have, we definitely have thoughts, opinions, buzz uh, coming from those two events. So the way I want to structure this podcast, let's start this first half, Gabby. Uh, where we kind of discuss the early, I keep calling it early, elite, elite pro- <laughs> prospect day. And, uh, and then we'll take a break and then we'll get into thoughts on how guys performed at the Battle Miami, right? For sure. Uh, so let's just start like big picture, right? Elite prospect day, the first recruiting event, I would say, of the Mario Cristobal era at UM, um, just what were, what are your first impressions, your initial takeaways from being around it there on Friday and Saturday? Yeah, David. I mean, I thought that it was, I thought it was just an extremely successful event. I mean, you just consider what the staff sort of was able to put together. Um, not a complete staff in place, you know, no offensive coordinator, no defensive coordinator, Uh, A lot of position coaches sort of not really there. Other guys picking up slack. I mean, just considering that the fact that they were shorthanded, it definitely didn't feel that way. Um, You know, I thought that they just did an excellent job of just really getting guys on campus 
And then just capitalizing on these opportunities to really just make an impression on a lot of these big time recruits. I mean, just talking to the guys on their way out and, you know, even across, even on Friday and stuff like that, it just felt like, you know, I I think they did a really good job sort of setting the foundation of what this staff is going to do from a recruiting standpoint. I thought they did a good job just bringing energy, pushing the culture of the program. And, uh, you know, really, I think it was, a great opportunity for them to sort of meet the recruits for the recruits to meet them. And again, just really sort of set the table of what this cycle is going to be like for them, how they plan to attack this recruiting thing. I mean, even just talking as people, you know, people at UM, uh, people that were at the event, you know, you can tell that these guys are extremely serious about this recruiting stuff. This is a, yeah. this is a high level operation when it comes to recruiting. It is going to be the lifeblood of, the, of this program is like recruit, recruit, recruit. I think it's very clear just how seriously Mario Cristobal takes this stuff. And, you know, it's nothing that we haven't heard before, but sort of kind of hearing it from those guys and, you know, just getting into like, even like the nitty gritty of how detailed this recruiting operation is was really, really good. So, I mean, I think there's a lot to take away, but I think it was, it's just become abundantly clear just how, how hard they're really going to push in this recruiting, uh, especially with all these top 2023 kids, they are going to go after the best of the best. And, uh, you know, they're definitely already giving some of those kids something to think about. Yeah. My biggest takeaway, because I mean, look, if we're being honest, pretty much every junior day is the same. Right. And so in some ways, you know, this weekend's junior day was similar to Mark Rick junior days to Manny Diaz junior days, you know, et cetera, et cetera, because, you know, there's just some things that will always overlap, like touring the campus, talking about the vision for facilities, um, all that stuff. So you're right. If we're talking about what was different, everyone that I spoke to as well remarked on how the energy is different with Mario Cristobal there. Um, And I think we could see it, right? I mean, he was, I mean, we, you know, as media members, we're not allowed inside the building, but we are hanging out uh, near the building and, uh, you know, going outside to greet recruits, um, working parents, you know, uh, as they're leaving, not letting them leave. Yeah. Not letting Uh, them leave is a big one. (laughs) Just continuing to recruit, uh, talk their ears off. Cause you know, look, I, again, I keep saying this, but either with recruiting from a head coach standpoint, either you're about that life or you're not right. And in my opinion, very few head coaches are about that life. Um, They've just reached a level where they want to be the closers, right? Um, And there's nothing wrong with that, right? That's a philosophy. Uh, But Mario gets in the trenches in recruiting and recruits like he is a uh, position coach, you know, that's trying to work his way up the coaching ranks, um, which is extremely rare. Uh, You know, I've seen at, at various events, right? I've, I've witnessed Randy Shannon. I've witnessed Al Golden. I've writ- witnessed Mark Richt and Manny Diaz operate at these type of events. And, um, you know, each guy has his own style. Each guy, you know, has his own, I don't know if aggressiveness is the way, the word to use, but just, I, I guess that's what I'm going to go with aggressiveness in terms of like, you know, 
I'm going from prospect to prospect to prospect to prospect, nonstop, uh, full throttle. Um, Mario's on a different level from all these guys I've seen. Um, and I'm not saying those guys were bad. Everyone, again, has their different style. Um, but Mario's is, is definitely interesting. How much did you see him? Because we saw him on Saturday, right? Yeah. After the game got out, he made his WWE speech to the crowd. <laughs> uh, and he came back to the indoor practice facility, right? And, and the student section was clearing out as well. So there's a big crowd around him. But uh, he was still recruiting outside there as a big-time prospect tried to leave. What did we witness there? Yeah, so, I mean, Jaden Wayne is walking out after on Saturday, uh, walking out of the facility. It looks like he was just heading back to his car with his mom and his dad. Again, a bunch of students sort of coming through, going sort of back to, like, you know, the apartments and all that stuff that are probably just like, I guess, considered right off campus. And Mario Cristobal, I, I can't remember if he was jogging or maybe a fast walk, but he basically hunted down the Wayne family and kept them there for, I would say, what, it was probably like another 10 minutes there 10, talking to minutes. them. Like just that that one-on-one like personal time that he spent with those guys. Just there alone, knowing the type, like the caliber of dudes that were still in the building, I think just says a lot about, one, how he feels about a guy like Jaden Wayne and uh you know, just again, his, his willingness to just kind of just dive into the trenches again, not let these guys leave. Like he wasn't yeah. the only prospect we saw that we saw that happen to, but I mean, it was really cool to, cause it happened right next to us where we watched this whole thing sort of develop and how he sort of, you know, got the Wayne family, talked to them again. Imagine they were there on Friday also. So, you know, they got some time with Crystal on Friday. This was off there all day Saturday with the Waynes walking out for him to still take that time. Again, it's just a relentless approach. And, um, you know, a guy that we've talked about here on the podcast, David, a guy that, you know, Mark Crystal is the first to offer Jaden Wayne. I think this is a guy that he's really attacking. And it was kind of like, it, it was cool to see that sort of happen uh, in real time and stuff like that. And not just like hearing about it. Last thing I'll say, right. About, you know, big picture wise, Mario Cristobal recruiting elite prospect day weekend, all that stuff you know, like every form of leadership, right? The culture you establish or want to establish starts at the top, right? And Mario Cristobal is about that life. And so they are going, like, he's going to have a staff where either you're going to be about this recruiting life or you got to find a job elsewhere, right? And I think it's fair to say inside the building that, uh, you know, it's getting noticed that this is a different level of recruiting effort that is going to be required um, from the previous regime, right? And uh, so, yeah, I mean, Mario's going to be all about talent acquisition. Again, he's in the trenches like a position coach. That is extremely rare. Um, but let's transition, Gabby. Um, I asked you for seven names that, I mean, there was a ton of yeah. elite, elite, elite prospects at this camp or at this day, this junior day. And, uh, you know, you wrote about a lot of it over the weekend. So, and I would highlight too, right today, if you're listening to this on Monday, today's our last day of this 50% off annual subscription. So, um, if you want to go back and read Gabby's stories, go back and read Gabby's updates on the message board. I would recommend that. But I asked Gabby 
too hot because I don't know. I mean, there was probably uh, 50s to 75 four and five star level prospects that came through. Um, So I asked Gabby, let's let's talk about seven guys in particular. Right. And, And we brushed over one of the guys you highlighted, but let's start there. Right. Five star defensive lineman out of Tacoma, Washington, Jaden Wayne. Um, he arrived on Friday, right, Gabby? What what was his weekend like? Yeah, he got he actually got he got down to Miami on Friday, and I was just like trading messages with him, and he said that he wasn't gonna come by campus and all that stuff. And just talking to my people at Miami, they were like, Yeah, he's in Miami, but he's not gonna come by campus. And then he just showed up, you know, he just decided to come through. I think again, maybe he got a little and he wanted to see the school again. So, you know, took advantage of that opportunity to go see the school Friday. Um, you know, just coming off of that, that first visit, it just felt like, you know, he had a really good time. Again, got a lot of like personal time with, with Coach Cristobal and all that stuff. He kept talking about this brotherhood around the program, a family sort of atmosphere and all that stuff. And that continued on into Saturday again, like just we're talking about, you know, Coach Cristobal making that effort to sort of track him down and have that extra time with him before he went back home. And then I, I woke up on Sunday just on just before I left to battle Miami from to a, a DM from Jaden Wayne that he just said again that at 9:32 the following morning, this visit was very energetic. And uh, you know, I just think it's I think Miami, I think just think Miami has done a, you know, the city, the school, the staff has done a really good job, you know, sort of flipping that recruitment around because you know, he was offered during that Manny Diaz uh, tenure. But I'm right. not sure they were going, you know, again, you know, whale hunting for these guys. I don't think they felt like they had a realistic, a realistic chance. And I think now with Mario Cristobal here, I think Miami is right in the thick of that recruitment. And again, I don't say that just to say that. I really believe that Miami's a school that he's uh, heavily considering uh, is there, you know, right now. Is there a vibe on who else? You know, it's early. Yeah. But is it like Alabama? Who who else is in there? Yeah, I would I would say Alabama's in there. Um, he's gonna go see USC this next weekend. Again, Oregon is really close to home. So I'm sure Oregon and you know Dan Lanning and that staff is gonna are, are gonna do a good job recruiting him as well. Maybe UW that's up there, you know, closer to home. I don't think you could ever really rule out hometown teams like that. But um, you know, there's a couple schools probably in the southeast that have, you know, made moves too. I'm interested to see Georgia or any of those types of schools. Uh, you know, sort of continue to make this thing interesting. Maybe a Clemson, I wouldn't be surprised if they're involved there, but I know he's going to go see USC. I'm sure Oregon's going to be involved. I know he's been to Alabama a few times. And so, you know, it's getting the comp, the competition's going to be stiff, but again, I do think that relationship with crystal ball is, is legitimate. And I think it's there. I think there's a reason why he made this visit and, you know, made this effort. It's a big effort. I mean, this is an unofficial yes. visit. This is something they're doing on their own time on their own dime. So, right. um, you know, th- I think it's important that, you know, he made that effort again in January. There's going to be plenty of opportunities to visit other schools. But, you know, I feel like in this time of, at this point in the process, kids are like prioritizing schools they want to see. And he made that effort to come down to Miami. And I think that that's worth noting. Let's discuss the next guy you wanted to bring to the podcast. That's another five star, uh, five star offensive lineman, Francis. Mai Goa? Yeah. Mai Goa? Maui Goa or something like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how, that's how it's pronounced. Um, He's from IMG Academy. Um, yeah. What do we need to know about that situation? Yeah. For, uh, plays at IMG Academy, originally from the islands, he called it. I don't know exactly which one. I'm not sure if it's Hawaii or if it's one of the, you know, those islands out there in the Samoa. Pacific. Yeah, Samoa. But, 
You know, again, we're talking about the trenches and, you know, I believe that that's where, again, they've said it multiple times. This is where they need to get better at. Alex Mirabal has, you know, set it up during his little clips that you see on Twitter that the Canes football account tweets out. You know, they want to get this thing right. And again, they're going to go after the best of the best. And Maui Go is a guy that's already, you know, relatively close by at IMG Academy. I believe this was his first time at Miami. And, you know, I think it was, he probably gave the best quote of, uh, elite prospect day he said uh, about Alex Mirabal he was like uh, he has a little body but he can he can control big guys and uh, you know I think that that was that's sort of like the reputation that he has that you know even though he is a smaller guy uh, you know he has again that reputation of being one of the absolute best in the business when it comes to developing and coaching up the offensive linemen and Maui Go is a guy that sounded like he had a lot of respect for for Alex Mirabal. And he kept saying, he said it twice, you know, in my conversation with him, you know, I can see myself playing here that, you know, it even reminded him of, of home in, in certain ways in terms of the weather and the palm trees and just like the way that Miami sort of is, you know, from a, again, from a climate standpoint, and again, he spent a lot of time in Florida. This isn't a place that he's like, you know, foreign to, or it's just like, he doesn't want to be away from home. Like this is where he's been. So, um, you know, a school that he's probably going to get a chance to visit a couple more times down the road, just again, being so close and, you know, the effort that these guys are going to put into recruiting him. So uh, I think that Francis Maui Go is definitely a name that, you know, it's not going to go away anytime soon. I'm sure he's going to be a top of the board type of, of guy for, you know, Alex Mirabal, Mario Cristobal, two offensive line guys that, you know, are going to anchor that, that unit, especially, you know, in practice settings and all those types of things. Cool. Good stuff there. Uh, next guy, five-star edge rusher, former IMG Academy yep. uh, player now is at Orlando Jones, uh, Malik Bryant. Yeah, Malik, uh, you know, I got, to, I got to talk to him on his way out as well. He was there with a few family members, you know, they all pulled up together. And, uh, you know, one of the things that he sort of said is that, you know, Mario Cristobal and, uh, you know, the Miami staff did a really good job of just making his family feel welcomed and, and at home. And, you know, this is a school that he's been to a couple times and, th- and things like that. But it sounds like, you know, with Coach Cristobal there, it's, uh, you know, really he said his message to him was just to continue to, to really consider Miami, um, you know, just kind of, you know, be patient with this process to give them a real look. And he said that he's been doing that, you know, that he likes Miami and that he's that he's been, you know, considering Miami even previously. Again, he pulled up to Hard Rock Stadium for a home game this year. He was at Miami at some point over the summer, I believe, as well. So, you know, a place that he's relatively familiar with, but you know, he is, he did notice that, you know, Cristobal has this thing moving differently and that he believes that Cristobal is a guy, is the type of guy that could potentially get this thing rolling. And, you know, of course, like a lot of these top guys, they're going to want to wait and see how this team actually performs. But I do think that, you know, Mario Cristobal did a good job of, you know, keeping Miami sort of in this recruitment for a guy like Malik Bryant. Again, talking about elite, an elite edge guy, um, you know, six foot two, potentially six foot three, 230 plus pounds. And, you know, a guy that's going to, it's being sought after by Georgia, Florida. He's going to go see Alabama next week. Um, so, you know, a lot of big time schools are going to be involved here. So a chance for Mario Cristobal to, you know, again, go after one of these big time Florida prospects. Next guy, local guy, five-star, uh, Brandon Innes out of American Heritage Plantation. Uh, the big time receiver that all recruiting fans know about by now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a top receiver. I mean, he just I know we're going to get into it a little bit at Battle Miami, but I think, again, he just he's one of those guys that every time you watch him play, he just sort of like reaffirms his yeah. sort of status. You know, he is who 
people say he is. He's just that type of guy, and he's not going to wow you physically. You're not going to look. You're you're you don't look at him, and you're like, yeah, that's what a big time receiver looks like, you know. But you just watch him play and the way he operates, and you know, he just he just does things differently. So, um, you know, again, Brandon Innes is a guy that these guys are doing a really good job recruiting. I mean, they got, he got a chance to um, interact with BMAC, David. I know you're the one that actually got to talk to him. So I'd love to hear your yeah. thoughts on this as well. But um, you know, I know he's, I know Mario Cristobal and these guys are giving him something to think about. It sounds like really four schools are in the mix right now between Miami, USC, Ohio state and Alabama. I really think Miami's right in the middle of this, you know, even just when Agreed. he was his South Florida express um, they lost on Sunday, they got eliminated from the playoffs um, he walked out, he walked out of there. Oh, he threw on a Miami hat after he got out of his like uniform, put on some, you know, comfier clothes and, you know, some sweatpants or whatever, just to, you know, warm up a little bit. And he was walking out with a Miami hat, the same Miami hat that he left Miami in on Saturday, you know? So, uh, I think Miami's right in the middle of this, David. Uh, what, what did you, what did you I sort did of feel from Ennis? Yeah. I mean, you know, we've, we've both, we've both been through this, I think Gabby, where, we, you know, a big time player comes and visits Miami and yeah. we talk to them and, it, and, you know, it's kind of, they give us just lip service. Like they yeah. say all the right things, but you can tell they don't really mean it. Um, which I think honestly has kind of been the, the case in the past with Brandon, like whenever he's visited in the past, like you ask him about Miami, he always says nice things and all that, but you could tell like, yeah, he ain't feeling it like that. Um, this time is different. You know, he, he did mention, of course, Brian McClendon. He, he does believe Brian McClendon can develop him to be an NFL receiver. Um, I think he said Brian McClendon showed him clips of, of how he has helped the guys he's coached progress over the years. Um, I think it's also notable too, right? Brian McClendon has had success recruiting American Heritage Plantation. Um, when he was at Georgia, he landed Sony Michelle and uh, Isaiah McKenzie. So he's a coach that has a lot of respect at American Heritage Plantation, even though, you know, the coaches are different now than maybe they were back then. Um, I still think Brian McClendon, uh, you know, he's well-respected there. He also mentioned Brandon did that, uh, you know, this is the first time he had met Mario Cristobal in person. Um, you know, due to NCAA rules, you know, they, they couldn't meet face to face when, you know, when Mario's out on the road recruiting this 2023 cycle at this time, uh, they definitely have texted and spoken that way, but this was the first time they they'd met face to face. And he said, yeah, he's just a real energetic guy, genuine guy. He has me believing that he's going to get Miami back, uh, to what it should be. So, um, I do think that the interest is genuine now with Brandon. Um, there, there's going to be a long way to go. And if we're being honest too, I think it, I think with, with Brandon, you know, it's going to matter who the quarterback recruit is that comes in with him. Uh, I do think he looks at like a Jake Garcia and sees that as, as attractive. Um, but it's always important. Who's the quarterback coming in with me and, uh, you know, who, is the offensive coordinator going to be? I asked him, did they say kind of what the vision is? He mentioned, yeah, just, uh, you know, they're going to spread it out, get the ball out to their playmakers. He did. He said, you know, didn't sound like anything super specific, uh, but 
yes, I do think he is highly interested. And honestly, too, I think his family is highly interested in Miami now, from what I can tell. Um, I, I also think, too, it's notable that he was one of the last guys to leave. Um, he, he didn't get there early because he was playing in that seven-on-seven tournament, but he was one of the last guys to leave, which I think says something. Yeah, Brandon and a few of those other guys were some of the last ones to leave. And again, I think that's notable, David, just for all the reasons you said. I think Miami's definitely in the mix here, so that's exciting. Let's transition to another receiver in South Florida, uh, one of his seven-on-seven teammates with the South Florida Express, Hakeem Williams, a four-star guy at a strand of hand. Uh, I think he's got five-star potential. Um, But anyways, we'll we'll talk more about him in the second half of the podcast ability-wise. Um, but what did we learn? What did you learn about Hakeem and, uh, you know, how Miami plans to target him in this 2023 cycle? Yeah. I mean, I feel like earlier on, even in the fall, I crystal balled Hakeem Williams to Miami, just kind of, you know, low confidence and all that stuff, but just kind of given how much he's been around the program, I think they're going to turn it up on even another notch. Like well, I was talking to him, you know, while he was walking out and then he, he's a guy that got sort of pulled back inside because I think Mario Cristobal wanted to talk to him, uh, you know, again, just right before he left. So he got pulled back inside the facility and all those types of things. And, you know, he was probably gone another 15, 20 minutes before he came back out. And, you know, it sounds like Miami's going to be one of those schools that's, you know, in it till the very, very end for him. Um, again, I still feel good about, he's one of those guys that I feel good could probably end up in this class. And, I think Miami's going to give him every reason in the world to sort of stay. And again, he has a relationship with BMAC that goes back to his time at Oregon. And it seems like the two are really close, just watching them even just like interact there for a little bit. And then, you know, kind of hear just watching him like sort of smiling on the way out and stuff like that, you know, just kind of talking to him there too. It sounds like, you know, Miami's is, is I'm not going to say they are the school. I mean, there is a, some other schools coming after him, but I think at this point, Miami's probably going to be tough to beat for, for Hakeem Williams. But again, still a lot of time to go in the cycle. Not stuff. I'm not saying he's going to commit tomorrow or anything sure. like that, but I do think that Miami's probably uh, sitting on top at this point. He's a high priority still for this new regime. Absolutely. Five-star cornerback Cormani McLean also swung by on Saturday. Um, another South Florida Express teammate. Um, What's, what's the vibes there? Was there, I guess my main question, what's the feeling about, and I know DVD has mainly been his recruiter, but T-Rob going on to Alabama, right? Uh, did Cormani say anything about that? Did you get any vibes about, if, is that going to impact anything with Cormani this cycle? I mean, I get the vibe that DeMarcus Van Dyke is sort of like the guy sort of leading that charge for for Miami. So I think, I think DeMarcus Van Dyke potentially not being with Miami would be more impactful than T-Rob leaving. And just even talking to him at South Florida express trials a few weeks ago, that's the vibe I got. You know, he said that he talks with T-Rob and all those types of things. Um, And I'm sure T-Rob's going to be the guy that sort of goes after him for Alabama, but it feels like DeMarcus Van Dyke is actually the guy that really does a lot of the heavy lifting in that recruitment for Miami and, uh, you know, even on Saturday, he was saying that, you know, DVD is, is sort of like his guy and, you know, the guy that he spent the, he was the DVD was the, it was the coach he spent the most time with on Saturday. And I mean, David, you talk about lip service and, you know, we, we've definitely gotten some of that. I feel like, you know, I have too from some of these guys, um, you know, over the past couple recruiting cycles, but Cormani's another one that 
it sounds genuine to me. It sounds like he's really, really liking Miami and even coming off that visit. Um, you know, there's schools all across the country that were trying to get him on campus, you know, this weekend, next weekend, all those types of things. Um, so for him to sort of come down to, you know, I mean, obviously in Miami for the battle tournament, for, but for him to come on down and see everything and stuff like that, again, I think Miami just did something else that, you know, just helped themselves in this recruitment. He told me a couple weeks ago, Miami was one of his, you know, top two schools. I asked him again on Saturday. I was like, I mean, you said this a couple weeks ago. Do you still sort of feel that way? He's like, yeah, like I do feel like Miami's one of those top schools. I know Florida's going to be always in the mix there. Alabama's yeah. going to be in the mix. Georgia, um, you know, he wants to go see Michigan, Ohio State. He told me Oregon might be the next school right. that he goes out to see. He's you know, elite. this is going to he's elite. This is going to be a national battle till the very end of this thing. But you know, I think Miami is one of those schools that's you know right in the thick of this. He's he told he told me on Saturday, you know, Miami feels like home, like it feels like it could be home. Um, so again, I think Miami is a school that he's like genuinely considering, and that's a big deal. This is a like top elite talent. Like I yeah. feel like you kind of got to watch him to really truly understand it. But he is like he will be. Cormani McLean will be playing on Sundays like starting at cornerback for someone like day one sort of guy off the NFL draft board type. Like this is the type of talent that is. And, you know, I think Miami has a, as good of a shot as anyone right now. Let's this last guy you wanted to highlight, uh, also a cornerback. He is from California, uh, Centennial high school in Corona, California, Aaron Williams, uh, four-star corner, 150 overall player in the country, according to the composite, Pretty good length, six six one, six two. Um, he was there what Friday and Saturday, Gabby? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, he was there Friday. He got there like Friday afternoon or like midday afternoon. Um, then he came back Saturday morning before he played in Battle Miami, and then after he played in Battle Miami on Saturday, he went back to Miami. So wow. I'm technically three separate visits. Yeah, really feeling Miami, and I think that's probably why I wanted to highlight him here. Um, again, a, a guy that came in with, you know, I, I don't know how how high he was on Miami. You know, it was the typical come with your whole seven-on-seven team type of visit. I mean, by the time he left there, you know, he was saying that, you know, Miami was one of, is going to be one of his top three schools. Again, all those things. I think that there is, a, again, I just think it was one of those, those situations where Miami was able to open this kid's eyes while on this visit, and you know, it sounds like, you know, again, UM is going to be one of those schools that is, you know, just really just going to be a factor in this recruitment. I know he's a guy that, you know, they really like in the building, um, you know, someone that, you know, they're definitely excited about and just sort of, again, I know we're probably going to get into it in the second half of the show, but a guy that sort of proved that he is who, you know, we think he is at 24-7 Sports, um, you know, at Battle Miami. I think he was one of the, definitely one of the better players out there, especially on the defensive side of the ball, so. You know, a name that I think Miami fans probably want to learn and just get to know yeah. in that 2023 cycle um, definitely is going to be Aaron Williams, that that 2023 corner. So, um, again, just a, another exciting opportunity. And it shows how these junior days work. You know, it's not just a, a sure. bunch of kids show up and all that stuff. Like, there's potential for things like this where a kid that maybe you weren't super involved for and suddenly you are. And, you know, throughout the rest of the cycle, this kid could be, you know, really high on Miami. He's already talking about wanting to come back he told me that on sunday but well you know when he was walking off the field that you know he's re he's ready to kind of come back to miami to plan that out and all that stuff so um i think he's going to go see michigan and penn state i know michigan offered recently as well 
Um, I believe he's going to go see some of the local schools like USC, UCLA, and I think LSU he tweeted out this weekend also. So, again, some big boys involved, some major college football programs involved. So for Miami to sort of, you know, get involved there is a big deal. Yeah, and that's the thing with a guy from California, right? Get him back on campus. Uh, don't rush in it into any rash decisions because, again, that's that's a big commitment from California going to Miami. So really make sure that's what you want to do. Um, and yeah, if, if Miami can get them back on campus, you know, by the end of the summer, I think that would be impressive and, and speak a lot, uh, towards his willingness to really make that cross country move, uh, if he wants to do that. So, um, I agree. He was, he was an intriguing player out at seven on seven battle Miami. Uh, let's take a break and we will get more into some of our thoughts on battle Miami. Uh, after this break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we are back. Uh, Gabby, before we jump into Battle Miami, I just want to bring to the table, too, because I, I do think it's notable. Um, the last, who we believe, we're not, I'm a hundred percent sure, but the player we left you, um, what, maybe eight o'clock on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we believe that five-star running back Richard young was probably the last player to leave the building. Right. Yeah. It, it, it looks like that was the case. So we, we weren't able to catch up with him. They snuck him out the building on us. Uh, but we do think it's notable he spent i mean when did he arrive did he arrive at 11 yeah he was he was there at probably before 11 so he spent the entire day at um on saturday uh and, and i want to get into this too gabby you you told me uh hey just my first impression on kevin smith is that he's going to have a lot of success, success recruiting uh, these local running backs. Why did you say that? Yeah, just like, so on, I believe it was Friday, you know, just kind of hanging out there by the facility and all that stuff. You know, there was a, a young running back at Homestead, Isaac Brown. He's a 2024, you know, just a young kid that, you know, is obviously just, you know, definitely shy around some of these college programs. I know Miami's a school he really likes, you know, growing up down here and, you know, he was just kind of like, you know, shaking his hand, but sort of looking down and all that stuff. And, you know, just things like that, that young kids sort of kind of deal with, you know, as they mature and get older and, you know, just watching Kevin Smith interact with Isaac Brown, you know, just the way he talked to him and just like 
how he was just sort of like, you know, talking to him about that eye contact and how important that is and how, you know, by the time that by the time you leave here today, you know, you're going to be looking at me and dabbing me up and saying, and, you know, just being, it, it, he's like, it's, you're going to have such a different feeling by the time you're walking out of here with me than you did when you got here. And, you know, just talking to him about how they grew up in the same place, you know, in Goulds, um, you know, that same area that, that Kevin Smith grew up in is the same area Isaac Brown uh, grew up in. And, you know, just walking, watching him talk and, you know, just the way he sort of approaches it and how the way he just sort of interacted with a young kid like Isaac Brown, I could only imagine what it's going to look like for guys like, you know, Richard Young and Mark Fletcher that are, you know, again, kids that are older that have been through this process that have are a little bit more mature that, you know, he can just absolutely, you know, crush it with those guys. You just kind of see it. Like, I feel like you can sort of just tell with the way that this, that the way Kevin Smith interacted with this kid that, you know, he under like he knows how to recruit yeah. and it, it's made him genuine, feel comfortable. made him feel comfortable. It's genuine. You know, it doesn't come off as a guy that's trying to like, Oh, whatever, like sell it. He was genuinely trying to help yeah. Isaac. Not Brown a used car to, salesman. Yeah, exactly. Tried to help him like things that are important about life, you know, things like that. And, you know, it was just one of those things where I ta- I heard just hearing him talk like that. I was like, man, like this guy is the type of running backs coach that, you know, they need here at Miami. Not to say Eric Hickson was bad at all. I think Eric Hickson was awesome. And I think he did a good job recruiting for Miami for sure. But Kevin Smith is one of those guys too that I think he's going to do an excellent job here recruiting. And yeah. you can tell he's like a young up-and-comer, uh, you know, in the coaching world that, you know, now that he's kind of back home, it's one of those situations where you can see him really clean up and, you know, do a good job recruiting all these guys. And it does seem like the vision for the 2023 cycle is Richard Young and Mark Fletcher, yeah. right? Kind of selling them on maybe a thunder and lightning type situation, right? Is that fair to say, you think? Oh, yeah. I think that that's, I think that's exactly what Miami's going to try to do. Again, Richard Young was a guy that, I mean, just talking to people at Miami, like they were just like, so this is Richard Young's first time here. Like it's just kind of crazy. Like that, yeah. this is uh, like, how, like, how is this a thing? Like, how has he never been here before all this stuff? So, you know, I think that it's going to be one of those things where they're going to go full throttle to Richard Young. Mario Cristobal and Kevin Smith were at Richard Young's school first thing Monday morning. Right. So, you know, after having that long extended visit on on Saturday, you know, they sort of flipped that into a Monday trip to Lehigh High School over there on Florida's southwest coast, right down your right down in your neck of the woods, David. So, um, you know, they're gonna they're definitely gonna do their best. I think Saturday, again, we're talking about laying a foundation. I think this was Miami sort of laying that foundation with Richard Young, a guy that, you know, by all accounts was just not even considering Miami before this visit. So, you know, I think it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And I'll say this too, right? Good play, like elite players, like, you know, they all know each other, right? Yeah. So Brandon, oh, yeah. Brandon Innes knows about Richard Young. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying like, they're a package deal or anything close to that. But, uh, you know, Brandon, Brandon, uh, told me on Saturday, you know, yeah, we've played in all-star games together, you know, pop Warner type stuff, uh, when we were in sixth grade. Right. So, um, there is to me, like big picture wise, there's an opportunity for a big elite movement. Uh, if Mario and his staff can sell it, you know, with guys like Brandon Ennis, Richard Young, again, Cormani McLean, all these guys know each other. All these guys want to play with each other. Um, it has to make sense for all of them on an individual basis, and you got to give them a reason to come. Uh, but there is a 
there's a potential for a big movement here in this 2023 class for Miami. And we'll see if they can capitalize. I got just one thing I want to throw in there too. And there's people even that we didn't like, we haven't talked about that were, you know, that we we haven't talked about at elite prospect day that were there Um, guys that, you know, they had to sort of keep under wraps that were there. And just, again, people that are sort of recognizing what's going on at Miami that are giving them a real look that maybe they don't want it out there that they were there, but uh, I can say there was at least one secret visitor that we're not necessarily allowed to really go into too much detail about, but there it's, there's more than even just what meets the eye or just what you've seen from Miami this weekend. There's just more going on there. So, um, you know, people are taking notice and uh, there's people that are interested that, um, you know, that, that are big deals that are definitely, it's, it's definitely a big deal that, um, you know, guys like this, you know, came to campus and were around and stuff like that in a, maybe a more low key fashion. So that's definitely something else to keep in mind too. Let's discuss some battle Miami, uh, you know, just some players that I guess impressed us, uh, watching them compete in that seven on seven setting. I want to start at quarterback, right? Um, that's what these seven on events are kind of all about. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the one to start with is, you know, the best, I think he was by far the best quarterback prospect there, um, out of California. I'm going to butcher his last name. I'm sorry, but, uh, he is, he's from California, Warren high school. Um, his name is Nico, uh, or Nicholas. I am a Um, he is a six foot five, 195 pound quarterback with elite arm talent. Um, he didn't have the best supporting cast around him in, right. in you know, on his seven on team. Um, but he, his arm talent was, he, I mean, he was, he almost like approached the, the tournament as like an opportunity to just do skill work, you know, cause he was, particularly on the first day, Gabby, when you weren't out there, he was just, he was throwing no look passes, two point conversions that were, you know, on point. Yeah. Uh, he can throw from different arm angles. He can throw from different launching points. Um, he is definitely thin in terms of like body type wise, but his skill level is elite. You got to see him on Sunday. I'm curious what, what you're, impression was of him as a player yeah that i again i know all right so people down here always say like we don't really know what quarterbacks look like because there's not a lot of like big time quarterbacks down here um i think i know what a big time quarterback looks like now because you know i got to watch that kid play and man that was just it was just extremely impressive and it's my biggest thing with nico is just like how natural it looks it looks so effortless and um, you know just where the ball placement just where he's able to just like locate it um the timing is just so on point and again he's not throwing to four and five star wide receivers or anything like that he's just man just absolutely ripping that thing and you know just kind of even just like his 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 long ball just seems so effortless he looks like a guy that could probably just throw it like 75 yards like if he really yes. like kind of just like put it like put everything like mechanically together and just like actually put some like oomph behind a throw that he can just do whatever he wants with a football because he was just casually just like throwing it wherever he wanted putting it wherever he wanted he wasn't perfect or anything like that but man what an impressive arm and you know just what an impressive kid just you know having talked to him too at Miami yeah. when he came sort of through coral gables for you know on that i believe it was 
I, I guess it was Saturday, Saturday when he came. Yeah, he yeah, came I, through. I got all my days all mixed up, and you know, so I mean, wow, just really, really an impressive kid, and God, what an impressive arm! That was just really cool to watch. We don't have to get like super into this, but like it did seem like too he was he was intrigued by Miami after after coming through, and and we'll see if Miami makes him a, a priority target. It's hard to know because they don't have an OC, right? Yeah. Uh, but did you get that vibe? Yeah, I mean, he said that Mario Cristobal told him he was going to be a top priority for them. I mean, I think that's uh, I think he's going to be a top priority for a lot of schools. Right. Um, so you know, it's not it definitely nothing um, guaranteed there or anything. But I think it was I think it was good that he was able to get on campus. I think again, it sort of opens the door for potentially him to come back another time because he's seen it. And, you know, he said he definitely liked what he saw from, you know, just Miami, the facilities. And, you know, just hearing from Coach Cristobal was uh, was something that was big for him, too. So, you know, he was probably there maybe two hours, two, three hours. But, right. you know, again, that's a that's a good amount of time for a guy like that, you know, just coming all the way over here from California. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure he's going to be – it's only one of two quarterbacks that, you know, Miami sort of offered. Um, you know, Mario Cristobal, Mario Cristobal has at least. So, um, you know – Definitely a name to keep in mind, but yeah, he's going to go see, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state, um, Tennessee, I think he said, and, uh, you know, definitely some of those West coast schools as well. So, you know, he's going to have, a and it's worth options. mentioning too, right? Like USC already has their quarterback yeah. commit, right? So it's just worth mentioning that, um, the other quarterback that Mario Cristobal has offered at Miami was also there, uh, Dante Moore, who is a five-star currently rated a five-star at a Martin Luther King high school in Detroit, Michigan. Um, so we got to see him compete and uh, you know, my takeaway on Dante, and, and this is why it's good to see guys in person, right? Um, to me, not sure about five-star good, um, but is he like a number 250, 250 overall player in the country? Good four-star good. Sure. Definitely. Um, you know, his arm talent and all that is not as impressive as Nico's, uh, you know, not even close, uh, but still some talent there, honestly, like, and I don't mean this as a slight because I think coming out of high school, he had talent as well. Um, it's just, when you get to the college level, what type of work are you going to put in to get the most out of that talent? He kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Jaron Williams. Um, like body type body wise, type wise for sure, and a, you know, little bit of you know ability wise too. Um, Dante Moore, did you get to see much? He wasn't there long on Sunday. Yeah. Did you see much of him? I saw him. I saw him run a few drives in that one. I think he only played one game. Yeah. Um, on Sunday, I got to watch him there. I kind of the same vibes as you. Um, just kind of watching Nico and then watching him and seeing how close they are sort of from a ranking standpoint. Um, you know, I'm sort of not on board with that. Um, I think that there's a clear difference. It'll get sorted out. I mean, it definitely will. It's still it's very early. early. It's definitely early in the process. And I'm sure, yeah, of course, that's definitely going to get sorted out. Um, yeah, I could see him being like, you know, maybe a top 247 guy, um, you know, potentially, you know, probably like 175 or lower in my personal opinion. Um, but he, he, he can be maybe an intriguing type of quarterback, but I'm not going to say I was disappointed, but because, you know, I'd never really watched him play like that, but, um, you know, it definitely wasn't, 
like a five star. He was miles. streaky. He was pretty, and it was streaky bad at times too. Yeah. Um, just while, he like overthrew, like just even watching him in that one game, like kind of just missing windows, overthrowing guys, um, kind of just like checking down when maybe there was a guy that you know he or he had at least a chance to you know try to force it in somewhere. Like Nico was just putting it just like dart like dart yeah just like darting it all out there like the again it's 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 just there, there's a difference between dante moore and nico um his last name whatever it is yama lavea um so yeah that's sort of my take on dante moore cormani mcclain um you know we we touched on him right i i think gabby like if 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 someone said okay gabby uh I'll give you a million dollars if you can point out the player that's like, and, and I'll give you a million dollars if you can tell me which player in this tournament is going to be a top 10 NFL pick. I think the safest pick would be Cormani McLean. Yeah. That, that's like not even a question. He's just, I mean, it's it's just so impressive to watch, man. He's just like mature. He could start for a lot of college teams right now, Miami's. and I don't think, <laughs> yeah, he would absolutely. <laughs> he would, yeah, he would start for Miami like currently, like in spring. Like if he was in spring ball right now, he would probably he'd be pushing be for he, yeah. He'd be he'd like be opposite of Tyreek yep. of Tyreek Stevenson for sure. He's just that talented. I mean, just you sort of, sort of just see him the length, the way he moves around, the way he understands the position, which is crazy because he was like a converted wide receiver. Like he played wide receiver when he was younger, and then he sort of made that switch. That I guess it was his sophomore year where he really blew up and picked off like nine passes, and like he just understands. Like he just has so much like control of everything, and just watching him just cover it's it's just. It's clear. It's yeah. just obvious. Like if you don't know about football and you just sort of like you're watching Cormani McLean play, you're like, okay, yeah, that guy's better than everyone else because right. it's just clear. Yeah, it's I mean, it's cliche to say about a good corner, right? But he does take away his half of the field, yeah. right? A quarterback is not gonna throw his direction because number one, that receiver's covered. Number two, if you do try and cover or throw it that way, there's a good chance he gets his hand on the bomb and uh picks you off and you know you're right like he's honestly like from a coverage standpoint i don't see a hole in his game uh you know he's excellent in man excellent in zone the ball skills are ridiculous the length is ridiculous um that the the positional the spatial awareness is ridiculous um you know i i've been doing this kind of a long time now. And, and I've seen a lot of elite corners in my day. You know, I've seen, you know, like Patrick Johnson, who's now Patrick Peterson, uh, Janoris Jenkins, Stefan Gilmore, Ronald Darby, Vernon Hargraves, Patrick Sertain, Patrick Sertain recently. I would pro like at the same stage, I would put Cormani above all those guys, except Patrick Johnson or sorry, Patrick Peterson. Now, um, Patrick Peterson, honestly, I mean, this is another conversation. He's probably the best high school player I've ever seen. Uh, but yeah, Cormani McLean. I mean, he, he's a guy like, this is going to be a, an interesting barometer for Mario's recruiting level. Right. Uh, because he, 
Cormani McLean is a guy, Alabama, Georgia, uh, Clemson, name all these big time recruiting schools, Ohio State. They're going to do whatever it takes to get Cormani McLean. So if, if Miami pulls that battle off, uh, you know, to me, that's, that's a very good sign. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be the interesting one. And that's where, I mean, again, just to, we, we were talking to someone like Cormani McLean is like a top, top priority for both Mario, for Mario Cristobal, for DeMarcus Van Dyke, for all those guys. And I think it's obvious that Mario Cristobal's already sort of taking that one into his own hands and, you know, yeah. making those like efforts to, make sure that everyone's on the same page about Cormani McLean at this point. Big time player. Um, let's talk about, we, we discussed him from a Miami recruiting perspective, but Brandon Ennis, right. Um, didn't disappoint, right. Five-star guy made plays. What'd you think about his performance on Sunday? Yeah. Just like, he's just one of those guys that you know exactly what he's going to give you. And, and that's like, not a bad thing. Like, it's not like he's, he, he's just going to show up every single time. He's going to make the play. He's going to outrun someone you don't think he can outrun. He's going to make a move right. that you don't think he can really make. And it was muddy out there. And, you know, the, the setting that they were playing on was not ideal for cuts, for big-time moves or anything like that. It was you kind of, you know, everyone's sort of carrying mud on their cleats, um, you know, running with, you know, run, you know, heavy steps, all that types of stuff. And still Brandon was able to make plays, make cuts, make people miss and then beat them to the end zone, uh, make big time catches on the sideline, you know, catch those passes up the middle, just be a reliable target for Colin Hurst and for that South Florida express offense. And, you know, he is who he is and who he is on a day-to-day basis is just better than what some others are on their very best days. So, you know, there's just something different about Brandon Innes. And again, just watching him play all this time, he does it in pads. He does it on, in seven on seven. He does it sort of whenever he laces up the cleats, it's like Brandon Innes is going to be Brandon Innes. So um, he definitely didn't disappoint. Yeah. The thing, I mean, you, you mentioned it just like ability wise, he's got, he's got everything you'd want, but you know, as he's getting older, the thing I appreciate about him is, is how he's a stud competitor, you know? Yeah. South Florida Express, they got pushed in that first game. Yeah. They almost lost their opening round game of the elimination tournament. And uh, as the as the clock was ticking down, Brandon started playing on defense, yeah. right? And uh, started locking things down. He was definitely he was definitely the guy that kept South Florida Express believing that they could still win that game and they did pull it off. And I will say this too, when, when they got eliminated on, uh, on Sunday, I, I liked how pissed off he was. He was like, I mean, it's just a seven on seven tournament and he's played in, I don't know, hundreds of seven on seven tournaments now. And he was angry when they got eliminated, not in a bad way. Like he didn't take it out on anyone. You could just tell, like, he was like, man, how did like, he was just, he was extremely <laughs> upset that they did not win that tournament. Um, he's just going to fit into any locker room. Yeah. And he's and, an ulti- like what you said, ultimate competitor and he plays defense in pads too. And he'll do all that type of stuff. Like it's, and, he's just one of those, like whatever the team needs types of guys and he's going to step up and do it. This is a recency bias comparison. I'll admit, but d- like, and, and Cooper cup is like six foot two, right? Brandon Ennis is not that, but like, 
in terms of like how they approach playing wide receiver? Do you think that's a that's a fair comp? Because like Cooper Cup's not the fastest guy. Yeah. But he just he finds a way to make plays. Just ballers, like just guys that it's just like again, like you guys that you look at and you like maybe don't expect them to be who they are. And then like they just lace them up and they're just different. Like they just do yeah. it better. And uh yeah, I think they, I think in that way, yeah, they just produce. It's guys that just produce that just get it done. And yeah, that's the type of guy that Brandon Innes is. Yeah, not like maybe physically, but just sort of mentally between the ears, they sort of just got it. And they just like sort of got that, like, you know, extra juice. Nathaniel Joseph, uh, in that South Florida express game where they were pushed and almost upset, uh, he took over the game. I think on the game winning drive, they, they lined him up a little bit at uh, running back. You get, I believe maybe one carry per drive. I don't know exactly how these seven on rules work, but they gave him the ball in that situation again the field was ridiculously muddy cutting was you know making my acl hurt uh (laughs) but he found a way to explode into the open field he probably made like three or four guys miss which is saying something in seven on right because it's just one hand touch uh and you're done and he got to the he got out of bounds like at about the 10 yard line uh they had a play that didn't work. Then I think the next play, they hit him on a little quick check down. He explodes upfield again and dives like Superman dives yeah. in a seven on seven tournament again, in the end this zone, is into like, the mud. Yeah. And uh, they ended up calling him short. I mean, how do you not like they gave this, they, they yeah. put it like one inch short. Yeah. But, uh, and they went on to score the, the game winning touchdown. But this beyond those plays, right? Nathaniel Joseph to me. Uh, he's the type of slot receiver that could change games. He's the type of, in my opinion, he's the type of slot receiver that can go anywhere in the country. I know he's, he's currently committed to Clemson. Right. Uh, but yeah, like if he wanted to go to Alabama, he's good enough to go there. Um, and you know, if I'm Miami, I'm making a strong push for him. And just, just with, with Nathaniel Joseph, like, again, just with Miami, I guess. Yeah. Like BMAC has been a guy that, you know, he told me at that software express tryout that, you know, he's, he's that he spoke with BMAC and all that stuff. So it sounds like he's receptive and all that stuff, but he's a guy like, again, I've watched just watching him play seven on seven. You know, I got to watch him a little bit on Sunday, um, you know, caught a post for a touch, like, you know, just kind of like stuff yeah. like that, where he just creates so much space and all that. Um, he's again, on a regular surface, that's not full of mud. He's just one of the most electric, like seven on seven players I've ever seen. He does it in pads too. I got to give credit to Andrew Ivins on this one because he's sort of the peak sort of gave this like sort of comp. Uh, to me yesterday, you know, we we're just talking about just some of the top performers over the, at the event. He was saying like Isaiah, like he could be like an Isaiah McKenzie type that like, you know, and that's something that's obviously extremely valuable. Again, a guy that I'd say at the same stage, he's an even better receiver than Isaiah. Yeah. And then we just see what Isaiah McKenzie sort of become, you know, again, yeah. that was the guy that Brian McClendon recruited as well at, to Georgia, um, you know, from his time there. So, I mean, again, I think he he's just one of those like extremely electric dudes that, you know, if I'm Miami, I'm doing what I got to do to get him. Um, I'm not sure what happened with the last staff that they weren't super high on him and they didn't really, you know, make him that much of a priority. But, um, you know, it sounds to me, again, just based on that conversation that I had with him uh, at the South Florida Express tryout and then reading what Andrew Ivins wrote about him um, on Sunday, uh, it sounds like Miami sort of, you know, doing what they can to, you know, try to make it at least known to him that 
you know, he, they want him to stay home. He grew up a Miami fan and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see if it's too late for Miami, if he's locked in with Clemson uh, or just what happens, uh, you know, down the road, this is a South Florida prospect who, you know, already made an early commitment. We've sort of seen trends with that in the past, not saying he's going to uh, do anything like that, but, you know, definitely someone to watch for Miami. Hakeem Williams, uh, the other receiver for South Florida express, um, you know, if you asked me, I guess, like, who's the guy with the most physical ability out here, just in terms of like height, weight, speed, explosiveness in his body, those combinations, I would probably go with Hakeem Williams. I think he's, he still has a lot more polishing up to do, right. You know, from a technical standpoint with his route running and all that. Um, but I think once he starts figuring those things out, He's a guy with freak potential and his ability to accelerate at his size to me is, is NFL level stuff. What, what impression did he make on you out there? Yeah, man. Just like this, that was the first time I've seen him play seven on seven. I don't think he played on Saturday either because he had a a basketball game. So again, like he played a basketball game on, on Saturday for like his high school team. And then on Sunday he's playing in a seven on seven tournament. Um, You know, that's a, that's definitely big time. And, you know, but just watching him play, he made a play on the sideline where it's just like throw the ball up to Hakeem, let him sort of go get, get it. He catches it, comes down with it over a couple defenders and then runs for a touchdown. They called it that he was touched. I honestly think he got past everyone. I even saw a clip of it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and he it did. looked like, yeah, at the time it looked like he just, he just beat everyone. And that yes. was like super impressive to watch. Um, and again, watching the video back, it seemed like that's what happened, but, um, again, just a big body, man. Again, physically, there's just not a lot of guys that look like that. Like when you're looking at, we, we've talked about this again, a million times before. I mean, when you're looking at the sort of size thing, the six, three, uh, 185, 190 pounds, a guy that, you know, just brings something different to that receiver with room. Twitch. Again, with like Twitch. Exactly. Not, with Twitch. He can run. He does all that stuff. He's not like a long strider receiver. Yeah you know, for as big as he is, which yeah. is crazy. You know, it's like, and I'm not saying he's this cause there's a long ways to go, but there's like some Julio Jones type stuff about him. I don't know. And if you, you watch his junior tape too, like you'll, you'll even see him catch like, you know, short, a short screen and then run past the defense and, and go score yeah. a touchdown. And, you know, he's not just a, you know, I'm going to go up and climb the ladder and take it off, like, you know, catch it on your head. He's the type of guy that you can give him the ball in space and he can make something happen with it too. And again, just watching him sort of play in seven on seven in that setting too. Again, in the mud where you probably couldn't even see him at his best, you still saw a lot of those characteristics that you could see translate to being a very successful receiver at the next level. Let's do these quick hitters. Uh, Jalen Brown. I think he had a little bit of a quiet weekend, but yeah. he did, it did seem like he started getting going a little bit later in the tournament when I was watching. Just seemed like him and quarterback Tyler Aronson needed to get on the same page. And that kind of started happening there late in the tournament. Yeah, I played some corner too. I think that that was impressive. Uh, his dad hit me up after that. People started asking about him at corner now also. So that's just the type of talent he is. I think, honestly, he'd be good on either side of the ball, but definitely an elite wide receiver. Daniel Harris, uh, Miami Immortals corner, Gulliver Prep corner, impressed me. Uh, you know, look, technique-wise, extremely raw. Needs a ton of work technique technique wise. Um, but he's just out there on raw ability alone with his length, 
probably six two. I don't know, six one, six two. Uh, he is a thinner body type, but his speed uh, and his length allow that makeup speed allows him to always knock the ball down, pick off passes. He had a he had a pick on uh, Dante Moore early in the tournament. Um, so again, he he is a project, but I think he's a guy if you work. If, if it works out in three years, you're going to have a starter at the college level and probably a guy who can be NFL prospect type, uh, you know, just looking at his body type, I think physicality and, and tackling might always be a question he has to answer, but, uh, coverage wise, Daniel Harris impressed me. Yeah. And then just another thing with Daniel here. Oh, he picked off another pass on Sunday that, you know, in a playoff game that sort of sealed it up for the immortals to get into that final four game. Um, even last year on the seven on seven circuit, you know, I was in Dallas watching the immortals play Daniel Harris uh, covering Evan Stewart, who signed to Texas A&M, who's a five star. Um, he's, he was basically tasked with covering him for an entire game. He did a really good job. He picks off Nick Evers who signed with Oklahoma throwing a pass to Evan Stewart and, you know, just kind of went up and grabbed it over Stewart. So, you know, he's a guy that's again, raw, like super raw, but if he puts it all together, um, he could be someone that, you know, again, I don't think he's a, an early contributor at the next level, but, right. uh, a, you know, red shirt, sophomore type of, I would recruit having a program. Him. If yeah. I was Miami, I would recruit him, but, yeah, definitely. uh, Stan Quan Clark. I mean, it's hard to judge linebackers in these things. Yeah. Right. But definitely a guy that was fluid in coverage. I don't know what to say beyond that. I mean, I, I'm intrigued. Uh, yeah, was there is there anyone you want to bring to the table? I mean, I like Adam Moore. Uh, he's okay. the tight end out of Booker T. Washington. He made a. I'm mean, again one. I've watched the Immortals. I've watched South Florida Express play so many seven on seven tournaments and all that stuff. Adam Moore might be one of the biggest mismatches like on the seven on seven circuit. He's big, like just how large of a person he is. Um, you know, just he's very sure handed. Uh, earlier in the, uh, I guess later in the tournament, early in the tournament, he has a one-handed catch in the corner of the end zone. Um, I can't remember who exactly that they were playing, but it was just an, like a crazy, ridiculous catch. Um, he's just that type of guy. And again, I feel like the Immortals are still sort of cranking in this new quarterback with Carson Haggard and Zion Turner sort of out. Um, so, you know, Tyler Aronson, I think is still sort of coming around, but I think Adam Moore is a, one of those guys that, you know, He's hearing from some like low level power five schools and stuff like that. But I think he could be an interesting prospect. They also played a Utah team and just this little small kid was sort of covering him. Uh, they threw a fade route to him in the end zone. It feels like he just like sort of touched the kid and the kid just like instantly like plants the floor. Like he just fell so fast and it looked like he pushed off, but I had the video on my phone and it didn't feel like it was like that legit of a push off. I think he just outmanned the kid and sure. just like kind of bullied him and just made him look really bad to the point that it looked like he must have just like shoved him to the ground. But he's just like a, he's just like that type of prospect. that's just going to really shine in this atmosphere. And, you know, yeah. I've seen him do it in pads too, but I think he's another intriguing one. He is, uh, you know, for a, a place like Miami, if they feel like they want to age back, you know, I right. think he, you know, which I don't know if they do. Right. But to me, that's how I view him at the college level. Anyone else to touch on that? Yeah. Ability? I, I, I I wrote down, a, I wrote down a few guys, a lot of them we already touched on, um, local quarterback kind of want to touch on. Uh, I mean, a, a few of them were out there between Aronson, um, a kid from Belen, uh, Adrian Posse was out there. One of the guys that 
you know, he was playing for the Florida Fire. His name's Nick Rubino, quarterback at Ransom. Just kind of wanted to – I mean, he yeah. threw two – he threw one of the prettiest deep balls that I saw of the day. And just sort of watching the rest of the South Florida quarterbacks play between – again, Colin Hurst is in there too. He threw two long balls in one of those playoff games that got his, that got his team a win. And they're rotating quarterbacks like on a game-by-game basis. And uh, he was pretty impressive. I saw him at uh, Miami Immortals tryouts too. I'm not saying that this is going to be a Power 5 kid by any means. But in terms of like the local quarterbacks I saw, he honestly might have been the best one out there. Yeah, I agree. He he threw. Are you talking about the bomb to William Foles? So yeah, the the bomb to William Foles just had like I don't know. I thought it was a really nice trajectory of the ball. Just like I thought it was a, just perfectly placed just to start off the game. And uh, yeah, Will Fowles did a good job. He's kind of getting he's kind of getting like really thick too. Will William Fowles. Uh, yeah, Foles. he's he's impressive as a yeah. big body go route receiver. Yeah. Um. I'm sure we're missing on some guys. Is there anyone else or, or should we wrap this up? Yeah, no one that I feel like Miami fans might know. There was a kid from Tennessee that I like. His name's Boo Carter. I saw him have two picks in one of those playoff games against the bootleggers. He also had a one-handed catch on the offensive side. He has a couple offers uh, down in like from a guy from Tennessee. I think he had like Arkansas, a couple of those, I think Tennessee, Vanderbilt, uh, some of those schools. But I mean, if his team would have won, I think he would have been a, lot, a big part of that. But the bootleggers ended up beating them. Um, so, but he was someone's good. Omarion Miller, uh, he's a receiver for the bootleggers, a top two, four, seven receiver in the 2023 class. He was actually at Miami's cookout, um, in June and he, and, you know, he's someone that has been at Miami before. I didn't get to catch up with him, but, uh, you know, he was someone that was impressive. Uh, Ruben Owens, who was like the top running back in the country, like him and Richard Young, I guess, depending on who you're asking, he was playing for the bootleggers too. And he just looks absolutely ridiculous. So he's someone too. Um, Assad Brown was another cornerback for the bootleggers who was at Miami on Friday, I believe. And he's, he's like a top hundred kid. I think he's like the number 46 overall player in that 2024 class. So, um, you know, he's someone else pretty good too. And again, a couple guys on Tuscan turf and team flex that were good too, but you know, no, none that are probably relevant to Miami at this point. Yeah. Lots of good competition out there. Lots of names to know again. If you're listening to this Monday, hop on this 50% off deal. It expires at mid. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town. And they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd. Exclusively on Paramount+.